Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. I hope you are having yourself a wonderful holiday season. So I do want to start off the podcast. If you're listening for the first time, uh, this should not be the first episode you listen to. Uh, you'll find out more in a few minutes. Um, I'm looking at myself off the video here, and I got a nasty cut right on my chin. Looking real uggo, Joe. Uh, but, you know, I want to start off with some gratitude, as always. Um, for all the Patreon subscribers, everyone who has subscribed to the YouTube channel, if you have also gone to punchup.live and subscribed to see my special, you can watch my latest comedy special. It's called Good Grief, which this episode is going to be about some grief. Um, it's available there for free. You just have to type in your email, but no spam. I'll just let you know when I'm in a town near you and when I'm dropping my next special, real basic stuff. Uh, go to punchup.live. You can see a whole bunch of other comedians, Steve Byrne, Roy Wood Jr., uh who else mark norman um you know big list of names on there right now so it's pretty great uh sam morell uh carmen lynch yeah some really great comics anyway though enough of the stupid plug but but that's just how i start the episodes i didn't know how to not start the episode this way uh some of you know i did not do an episode this past week and this episode is coming out uh, i'm recording this wednesday december 20th it was one week ago today um that we lost uh kenny DeForest. And I am saying we because the world really did lose somebody. I mean, when anyone dies, of course, it's terrible. But um, Kenny was special. Kenny was, God, it's fucked up talking about him as it was. Um, like past tense. It feels not right. Um, he just was a great, he was like one of the fucking best dudes. Like one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. So funny. Such a great guy. And you just don't imagine uh, people like that dying and not being around and um and so the earth and this planet is uh not as good a place without him that's for sure um and you know it's another comedian friend uh gone and there's a bond i have that all comedians have with each other especially the ones that came up together and you know kenny and i came up together along with just a slew of amazing comedians um out of chicago that uh it's just it's like this crazy unbreakable bond because we all went through so many highs and lows together as we're trying to figure this all out. And it was such a fun age of our lives. You know, I was 24. Kenny was 22 when I just met him. Maybe I just turned 25. I think we're like a year and a half apart or something year apart. I don't know. Um, but I remember vividly the first time I met him because he had that quality, that quality where I remember being like, Oh, who's this dude? Oh, I like this dude, like that type of thing. Um, a guy that, and the stamp comedians that I take to right away um, are the ones who I can tell love stand-up comedy. They they love it, and they're um, in it for the right reasons, and they are genuinely good people who want to entertain. I mean, we all have our flaws, of course, but you could tell with Kenny that he just wanted everyone to have a good time, and he was always down for a good time. And um, so many of my friends have made such great posts and tribute to Kenny DeForest. So really, honestly, you guys need to just look up Kenny DeForest. If you don't know who he is, pause this podcast right now. He's got a ton of stand-up out there. He just released a special back in August. Um, that's it's, it's on his YouTube. I've shared it on my Instagram. So please look that up. Uh, he's been on Seth Meyers. He's been on um, James Cordrens. He's been on Comedy Central. Um, he was great. He's such a great comedian. Always funny. Such as you know, I always was jealous of his. Um, he's such a smooth, like confident delivery. 
I feel like I'm a dickhead up there trying to like overperform my jokes. And he just would uh, go up there and it feels like talk just conversationally and just knew the, the right pace. He had a good pace and good cadence on stage. And, um, and yeah, I just, and it's fucked too. I remember I had this thought originally when I was coming up with Kenny, when there's this big group of us hanging out, I think we we're at Chicago Joe's a bar that's gone now too. Um, there was a great show there called Riot Comedy. It was ran by Lisa Traeger, who you guys know from this podcast. She's been on a few episodes. Uh, Renee Schultz and Lauren Vino. Uh, great people. And it was like the Thursday night show. And it was – comedians, we always love a show where we could go and hang out and not be in the showroom. Because they had the showroom on one side of the bar. You know, there's a wall, a separate room and all that. And then comedians, we'd hang out at these booths or hang out at the bar. And they had good food deals. And the drinks were cheap. So I say the cheaps were drink. Um, and uh, it was always a good hang, right? And but I remember having a really good time there one night. And I don't know why this just popped in my head. And it kind of scared the shit out of me a little bit. Where in the profession of stamp comedy, and it's probably like this in other art forms. I don't think it's like this at other jobs per se. I guess this is unique to um, people in the entertainment world. But I remember thinking to myself, man, the better we all get at comedy and the more successful we get, the less of each other we're all going to see. We're just going to see less and less of each other. And so I remember being like, fuck. And you know, I think Kenny, and that's why like living like Kenny DeForest, it seems fucking weird to be like, um, what would Jesus do? What would Kenny do? But I'm really going to start to attack that more um, because I feel like or maybe he always knew that in the back of his head. I don't know. He was an only child. And uh, like my buddy Jonah Jerkins, I feel like uh, they always want to make sure everyone's around them is okay. You know, um, it must be an only child trait, I think, just from being by themselves so much that when they're around other people, they kind of go out of their way to be of service to other people. Is anything I can get you? I'm gonna go get a beer. You want a beer? Like, you know, hell yeah, you can bum a smoke. Like just that that type of uh, human being, you know, um, going out of the way to give you a ride. All this, like a lot of things like that, um, that I think about with Kenny, but like, as far as trying to live like Kenny, I think he never squandered a hangout never you know i've had time not to make it about myself because this isn't about me but um i think when you lose someone that you you loved a lot whether you know i've had, had this with my dad last year uh samantha berkman the year before um you know it makes you take stock of things a little bit you know i try to have the i feel like my default setting is to be a happy guy obviously i'm those of you who've listened to this podcast for a long time know I have a notoriously bad temper that I'm working on. And um, Kenny actually gave me a good nickname in regards to my temper. I'll, I'll mention that in a little bit. Uh, but it's, you know, you think back and you think, oh, you know, I could have been more fun or I could have been a better friend in certain situations where I feel like Kenny, I don't think he would, you know, would have had that regret because he was always a great friend in every situation. Um so, yeah, I think this is why this is so hard and it's hit the comedy community uh, in such a devastating way because it is a devastating thing. And, you know, my heart goes out to his parents and all of his friends he grew up with, his family. And, um, you know, Kenny and I were never best friends. Uh, I'm not going to try to pretend that way, but we were good friends. You know, we ran a show together for a while. We did a lot of road trips together doing comedy. Um, we had a lot of great hangs and, and a lot of fun times. And even though I only talked to him maybe a Sadly, this is too, it was heartbreaking. Um, and it's made me write down a list of people I need to reach out to because I've got a lot of good friends that I've only talked to a handful of times 
over the last year. I think I only talked to Kenny like a few times the last in 2023. You know, you could go through your texts and your old messages and yeah, you know, uh, all nice stuff though. It was all good things, but that's just how it goes. You know, he's doing the road a lot. I'm doing the road. I've got kids and, and that's why in life you got to tell the people you love them when you can and don't apologize for it. And just never take a, never regret going above and beyond for someone. Never regret, not that you would regret it or whatever, but like, I just, I don't know. I'm trying to formulate the words. Um, just, you know, just fucking be good to each other. I guess that's, again, cliched. Um, uh, you know, I'm not the best with these situations. I mean, this is the third one of these podcasts I've had to do where, um, someone's passed away and I've had to talk a lot about, and I've a lot like third one where I'm dedicating the whole episode, um, to the person, obviously my father, um, you know, he's the most important person in my life of all time, the goat of my life. And then, um, I'm going to have to change that to my kids that are my wife at some point, probably. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, when Sam Berkman died, that was really rough. Um, and it's just, it's, it sucks too when it's a gut punch. Cause Kenny, those of you who don't know, I, I guess I should explain it a little bit here. I kind of just went all, all about him instead of talking about um, how it went down. So it was one week ago today, for the Friday before that, though. So a week and a half to go Friday, December 8th, I believe was that date. He was in an e-bike accident. You know, these electric bikes that are getting more and more popular throughout major cities is just another mode of transportation. Um, yeah, I don't know the exact details. We just know it was a, an accident. I, I, he lost control of it. Um, I don't know if it malfunctioned and, you know, it's like, you know, went fast on him there. I don't know why I threw in a sound effect. That was dumb. Um, trying to talk about serious shit here, Joe. But I'm still a comedian, right? And, uh, and yeah, and, and he got into, and he you know, hit his head and it was a really bad head, head injury, uh, where they had to operate on his brain to release pressure and remove a piece of his skull. Uh, so yeah, when we got that news, it was terrifying and horrible news to hear. And I was like, Oh fuck, not Kenny. Like, you know, but the report Sunday morning, so, you know, like, you know, it was Friday evening, I want to say like, or middle of the day, perhaps when it went down. So, you know, day and a half later, Sunday morning, we're hearing like he's in critical condition, but there was no, I got no vibe. And I was talking to all my other comedian friends about this and all, you know, people who are close to Kenny, it didn't seem like we got a vibe that, you know, he's circling the drain and this, you know, he could, we could lose him. Um, and we, everyone, this GoFundMe was started and, um, and to see everyone rallied, I think the first goal was 50,000. We blew past that, you know? Um, and seeing everyone give, no matter how small the number was, it was good to see people uh, putting it out there and giving whatever little they could for Kenny DeForest. You know, I mean, I ran into some people who, um, because last Wednesday night after last Wednesday after we got the news, a big group of us here in Chicago got together to just to be together and to drink and um, you know grieve together. It's, it's just good to have a, a support system when you go through something like that and. Uh, and my heart goes out to Joe Fernandez and Cameron Gillette and Lane Pichelle, Clark Jones, Will Miles, um, David Drake, Aaron Weaver, Soreen Choksi, uh, Simmons McDavid. I'm sure I'm missing a few names, but uh, the one group uh, minus everyone I named minus uh, Clark Jones and Will Miles, they had this group where they do these, what they call boys trips. They'd go on these epic boys trips for like, I want to say the last eight years or so. And I remember after the first year, I ran into Aaron Weaver, who was part of the group. 
Um, well, we hung out a lot. It's not like I ran into him. Um, and I was just like, dude, you know what's crazy about that trip you guys went on? I'm not an outdoorsy guy at all. I'm not. I'm not a big nature guy. I'm not a big let's go uh, take a bunch of psychedelics and go hiking. Although as you get older, it's like that shit does sound fucking awesome. Um, so I was I told him I'm like I'm not into any of that. But seeing all the pictures of you guys posting and seeing the the fucking looks of joy and glee on your faces, dude, that looks awesome. I mean, that's how great a time you guys are having. Where you could have someone like me who would rather have a nice concierge at a good hotel um, than fucking sleep in the dirt. Want to sleep in the dirt? I think that says something about that group and i think uh maddie ryan i forgot to mention too i'm sorry i love that guy um all those dudes went on those trips with him and you know they would all tell you that he's kind of like the de facto leader of the group and um in a lot of ways um yeah there's been so many great tributes i've read from people lisa traeger had a funny one where she was like you know he just wanted everyone to be together sure he would um call everyone up or text everyone saying hey i'm hosting a barbecue in this park and then not bring a grill not bring food not bring drinks <laughs> and then everyone would be there being like what the fuck you idiot and then he would still be able to figure it out and get it all together and it'd be the best time um ricky gonzalez had a great uh quote uh he was a, a former comedian in chicago um great good dude he was roommates with kenny and they came up together at the same time they're all part of this big group i've been telling you about and he said kenny was always the last one to go to bed he always, you know, he didn't want to miss anything. And it was like, yeah, that's why he was such a great hang and why everyone loved being around him so much. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to make this a super long episode, but yeah, I don't, um, you know, I'm just trying to, um, God, there's so many people that he, he touched and I just want to, uh, keep it going. So I'm going to share a few more good stories. So I, I mentioned he had a good nickname for me in regards to my bad temper. Kenny DeForest at a show uh, was hosting, and he brought me up. He said, you've heard of the Motor City Madman. Well, this is the Windy City Whack Job. Everyone give it up for Joe Kilgallen. <laughs> and I remember I just loved that. I, I remember he was like, you were cool with that, right? I'm like, no, yeah, dude. Are you kidding me? That's a great nickname, the Windy City Whack Job. I had no problem with that nickname at all. Um, but yeah, it was funny. and uh, <laughs> And we... Uh, we had some good road trips together. I remember I was doing the comedy catch in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Kenny DeForest and Mike Stanley. Mike Stanley, another good friend of mine and a former uh, uh, roommate of Kenny's, and we when the show I produced with Kenny, Mike Stanley produced as well. So we had a lot of you know late nights and meetings and stuff like that. But uh, Mike Stanley and Kenny were going to do the other comedy club in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I said to them, I'm like, well, what dates are, you know, they happen to be done the same weekend. They were doing the Friday, Saturday. I was there Thursday through Sunday. So I said, hey, let's all drive down together. You guys could crash with me Thursday. You got your own hotel Friday, Saturday. Crash with me again Sunday. I'll get you guest spots at the club I'm doing that Sunday. And we'll go have a good time. It'll be awesome. And it was. We all drove down together. Had a great time. A comedian named Corey Ryan Forrester. I feel like I, my voice cracked there for a second. Corey Ryan Forrester. Awesome comedian. Um, from just outside of Chattanooga, Chickamauga, Georgia, I think it's called. Sorry, Corey. He's part of the Liberal Rednecks tour uh, with Trey Crowder and Drew Morgan. These three dudes who uh, do massive sold-out tours and everything and wrote a book. Um, really fucking great guy, funny guy. He invited us to um, a party because Chattanooga, Tennessee is like near the border of Georgia. So we went over the state lines to this party, and the party was themed, and it was called Bacon and Titties. In which there was just an insane amount of bacon 
tons of bacon being cooked, plates and plates of bacon. Like we parked like four houses down on this block. And as right as soon as we got out of the car, the bacon smell hit you in the face. So I love that. And then, uh, and there was just women flashing randomly to get the bacon, which I feel like they probably could have gotten the bacon anyway. You know, after a while, it was just like, you know, when you get a certain age, seeing women randomly flash people, it doesn't do it for you. Um, but I remember just being like, this is wild. This is funny. This is the party you want to be in Northern Georgia. And, um, and to show you Kenny's impact, Corey uh, Forrester wrote a nice thing about Kenny. I believe that was the first time they met. Actually, I know for a fact that was the first time they met. Um, and then right away they hit it off because that's just the type of guy Kenny was, you know. Um, they're both Southern boys. Kenny being from Springfield, Missouri. Missouri borders on so depending on what part of Missouri you're in, they'll consider them the, the consider themselves the South or the Midwest. Um, so yeah, what was crazy about that trip, Mike Stanley? If you're listening, I love you, but what a fucking dumb move this was man i think looking back you're probably like yeah i didn't think that one through completely while we were in chattanooga tennessee three dudes you know staying in a, a hotel two of the four nights together um you know partying doing comedy having a great time mike stanley decides to adopt a great dane puppy a one-year-old great dane puppy from a city he doesn't live in so we had to drive I think it's like a 10 or 11 hour drive from Chattanooga, Tennessee to Chicago, Illinois with a great Dane puppy in the car, in the truck. Um, it's one of those trucks where there's two spots in the back. So the dog and Mike Stanley were in the back, but I remember just every time we had to pull over for this dog to piss and shit, uh, me and Kenny just give each other a look like, can you believe this fucking insane person who gets a fucking great Dane of all kinds of puppies? Not like a little puppy that you could be like, here's a pillow I'll put in a box. I'll just sleep nestled up right here. That's a mini horse. It's going to become a full horse eventually, but a great Dane puppy is down. They have insane amount of energy and you gotta be careful with great Danes. They can't run around after they eat or their stomachs flip and they die. It's a, it's a, it was a fucking thing. Good dog though. I remember being like, this is great. And then it, it's just, fuck man. Stanley, I love you, dude. If you hear this, uh, you know I love you, but you got to look back on that being like, that was a crazy thing I did. <laughs> he desperately wanted a dog, though, and he, he sees an opportunity, though. So in a way, I respected it. I did respect the move, but I just remember me and Kenny just shaking our heads with laughter, being like, I cannot believe he got a dog. And then we left. We had to leave the dog in the hotel while we all performed Sunday night. And I remember just being like, this dog is going to rip up this hotel room, and I'm going to get some flack for it. Um now that I think about it, I don't think I've been back at that club since. Jesus Christ. Maybe that's why. Maybe there was some fucked up damage to the hotel because I thought he'd ripped up the rug a little bit and we tried to like tuck it back in and think no one's going to notice. But they probably found out. there was. They probably looked at cameras being like they had a horse in their fucking hotel. And even though I've emailed being like, hey, I'm available these dates. Love to get back at the club. I've done the club four or five times before. Motherfucker, I just figured out a piece of that puzzle. <laughs> Anyhow, um, all's well though. Uh, so that was a favorite moment. And then um, it's crazy when when you when someone dies uh, that you had so many great times with, times that you had forgotten about completely come flooding in. Um, this was the same weekend. He had posted uh, a photo. And I want to give a shout out to the, the friend of ours who sent it to me because I forgot it existed. Um from a week ago what is the dude's name where are you at my man oh yeah brad brad um i'm a i can never remember how to pronounce his last name but he found this picture he goes you know saw this and i thought you might like the memory it's a picture kenny it's from kenny's instagram like way back in the early days of instagram because it must be because it's a great hilarious picture and only had like 11 likes um 
yeah, it's from, you know, uh, yes, yeah, from September of 2012. Fuck me over 11 years ago. And, uh, it's a picture of me holding Megan Gailey's dog. And I have an, like a butcher's knife in my other hand and it's not like near it, but I'm implying that I'm going to stab the dog. <laughs> and Kenny took a picture saying, we're going to need a thousand dollars if the dog gets it at Megan Gailey. And, um, just so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm only, I just noticed in the comments now, uh, the knife is worth a thousand dollars. Just take that, um, from Megan. That knife might've been worth a thousand dollars. Very fancy knife. Uh, so that's actually another favorite moment from, I think it was, it had to be that same trip, uh, where, yeah. Cause I think we were with a couple other comics, Aaron Weaver and Mike Stanley, maybe were with us. Those two fell asleep. And then me and Kenny stayed up watching the movie hard candy. You ever see hard candy with Elliot page? It's uh fucking nuts. It's uh cause it's one of those movies where you're just like, she captures this pedophile. So right away you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Good for her. But then there's like throughout the movie, cause the acting is so good on both sides. You're like, wait, is she just crazy? Or is he actually a pedophile? Maybe he's not a pedophile and she's going to fucking kill the guy. But it seems like he's a pedophile, right? That's the it's definitely a pedophile, right? It was kind of one of those things, but it was a movie. It was an intense movie. So you're like, you know, in it. And then right when it was over with, I'm like, all right, fuck me. I need to go to bed. And then Kenny's like, do you want to go smoke weed in the backyard? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> After that movie. Hell yeah. So I remember being like, but I don't want to get caught by Megan Gailey's parents. I love Megan Gailey's parents. They're the best. So I was like, ah, oh, we got to be very quiet. As we're walking out there, I think I immediately step in like seven tree branches, break them all and trip. And I'm like, she fucking idiot. Just laughing at ourselves. Um, so yeah, I remember that. That was good. And then, um, another, this is another Megan Gailey related. A lot of my great moments with Kenny have, uh, Megan Gailey ties, uh, at her wedding to CJ Teledano and CJ was good friends with Kenny too. He was good friends with everybody. That's what a fucking blow. You know what I mean? Um, Joe Fernandez who, and Cameron Gillette, both, uh, guys we met up with last week, you know, we're all, we were all good friends with Kenny. Those two were two of his best friends. They were those guys They all took those boys trips out in the desert and hiking and the Rockies and doing all those crazy nature, um, week long trips they would do. Those guys are really, that's, you know, there's a bond with doing comedy with someone producing a show and just, you know, experiencing the same thing at a certain time of your life. And then there's the bond that those dudes had where it's like, you're doing mushrooms in the desert, you're going to connect. But, um, those guys were really taking it hard. And, uh, I remember Joe Fernandez said something really funny to me. He's like, you know, did you ever have this when you lose someone really close and you start thinking about all the pieces of shit, people who should have died instead. I'm like, yeah, of course you do. You have to think. Everyone thinks that way. It's a very natural uh, thing to think. Um, but so with uh, Megan Gailey's wedding, her wedding was on a Saturday, that Friday night. It's a great rehearsal dinner that I actually MC for. Um, and then it was bowling after that. Um, that was like the Friday night thing. So everyone went bowling and then party. And then afterwards, everyone's staying at the like hotel slash resort where the wedding was being held. This was in Palm Springs, California gorgeous wedding epic party and but the night before that friday we were everyone was going after it hard you know we're in the pool late probably like two in the morning and um just me and kenny talking just the two of us we must have talked one-on-one -on -one for damn near an hour about life and comedy and just you know having a positive mindset on you know what we white what we want out of life and comedy and um just like little tricks. I remember at the time I was trying to discover, you know, I go, if I just fall in love with the process, if the process is the goal, then the rest of it, who cares? Cause you know, you can't control the outcome of things. You know, you could, you, you know, I could 
put out a great special and, and, you know, if no one sees it, no one sees it. I can't control what happens. I mean, I could work hard to make sure people see it, all that stuff, but like you just, there's so much you can't control, can't control. So what the key was that we were talking about was like focusing on what you can control. And so I remember thinking like, you know, if I just, if I fall in love with the process of writing a joke, then I've won in that sense, because that's, that's the best thing in the world instead of worrying about the outcome so much. Cause I remember we were talking about how we had, we had seen comedians achieve what you'd think was their dreams. And they were as miserable, if not more miserable after the fact. And it's like, dude, if I would have told you 10 years ago that you would have had this, this, and this, you'd be floored. But now you actually have all that and you're fucking miserable. It's not like, you know, you get that stuff and then you all of a sudden you don't have any more ambition, but if you can't enjoy it while it's happening, uh, then something's wrong and no amount of success will ever change how broken you feel. So remember we, we touched on that. We talked sports, of course, you know, I think I talked about being a dad and just, it was a lot of laughs and it was a, it was a heart to heart. It was a genuine, like deep conversation to the point where I remember we looked up and no one else was in the pool anymore. Everyone had worked their way over to the hot tub and we're drinking in the hot tub. So we were in a pool full of like 12 to 15 people. And then it was just the two of us. And then we're like, Oh fuck, we should get in there, you know? And then we walked over there and I remember, um, you know, a few people making jokes, being like, Jesus Christ, we thought you two were just going to be in there forever. Like, what was going on in that? You know, making, you know, busting chops and shit like that. But that was, uh, God, that was four years ago now, almost exactly four years ago. It's December of 2019. And then, uh, you know, we, we talked over the years, obviously. Um, it's not as much, it's never as much as you like. It's not, you know, and there's just a list of comedians that you just don't get to see as much anymore. Um, these are great friends, but you only get to see them a handful of times when, like, when they're in town. So I think it's important to just keep up and keep texting more, and um, even like the littlest shit, just to be like, dude, pop, you popped in my head. Just thought about you. Fucking love you, man. Just want to throw that out there. Hope hope you're doing well. So uh, yeah, uh, I think I'm gonna wrap it up on that. I hope you enjoyed hearing some stories about this. If this was a downer of an episode, listen to other episodes. Um, my other podcast, Let's Get Dumb. Uh, we got some silly stuff. We do. We are. I am going to have to talk about Kenny on that episode, on that podcast too, uh, because he deserved it. He deserves this. I didn't want to. I didn't. Since I found out about it last Wednesday, I didn't post anything on social media for the next five days. Monday, um, I got tagged in some stuff, and then I reshared some stuff, and I threw up a video clip. Because um, that last episode of Let's Get Dumb, we had not promoted. It, it got released that morning, and I remember I was starting to edit some clips, and then I got the the call um about it and um and then fucked up about modern society when you get a phone call from a friend i don't know if you guys are like me but i'm so used to texting everyone so when one of them calls it's like what the fuck happened this is bad news it's gonna be bad news isn't it uh, i used to get excited when you see your friend's name on the call already now you think the worst and it was it was the worst it was the worst call um but uh so i i i just didn't feel right promoting comedy right now i didn't want to you know, it just felt wrong. And then I didn't want to come back to this podcast and just talk about random bullshit. Like, you know, I think a big part of this podcast is I talk about my life. Um, and you know, I try to make fun out of it and have fun and then talk about what's going on in the world and we make fun of that. And it's um, but sometimes you gotta be a little serious and genuine and just tell the people how you feel. Um, Kenny DeForest deserves all the tributes out there, and um, I hope he keeps getting them. And I really want to end it with um, you know, I think about Kenny, I think laughter, I think music. I think uh, just unbelievable friendship um, that he had for everybody and what a great person he was. And um, this hashtag has been going around a little bit and that's uh, Kenny DeForest forever.
So hell yeah, Kenny DeForest forever. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Cheers.